Praise God. What a blessing to be able to come to the house of God more than anything. What a blessing to have a desire to come. Amen. Not everybody feels that way. A lot of people feel like all it takes is once a week, and that gives them enough. But I find that I need more and more. Amen. I need more and more to be in the house of God. I need to be more and more with God's people. Amen. And I'm thankful that you're here tonight. I do want to make uh, you aware that September is going to be a very special month for our church family. Uh, We're going to be going on another fast, a 30-day fast. Amen. A 30-day fast. We're going to be going on a media fast again this September. And that means we're going to be laying down all those things that control our lives and pretty much rule us. We're going to lay them down except for the necessary things of work, paying your bills and that kind of thing. I don't want anybody to say, well, Brother Hughes, I didn't pay my bills this month because you told me to. I don't want anybody blaming that on me, but I'm talking about for pleasure. I'm talking about all the other things that we do with it that absorbs our time. We're going to be laying that aside for the month of September. We're also going to be entering into a season of prayer. And the week of Labor Day, that uh, Labor Day week, we're going to have an entire week of prayer here at the church beginning Tuesday evening at 7. We're going to have prayer. I know some of you can't make it every night, but I want you to come as often as you can and we're going to spend a season of prayer seeking after the Lord our Spanish church is going to be involved with us as well and so make sure you make note of that on your calendar and let's make September a time of focus and seeking after the Lord and I believe God is going to honor us for that Praise God. If you will turn with me one more time to the 23rd Psalm, I am going to try my best to wrap up this series that we began several weeks ago. And I certainly appreciate your kind things that you have said about our study, and I will tell you that it has been uh, life-altering for me, and I appreciate what I have discovered and found as I have studied the Word of God. More than anything, what it has reminded me of that I already knew that I often take for granted. If they'll pull up the 23rd Psalm, if they don't have it, you ought to know it by heart by now. Let's read it together, if you will. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. 
my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. As you look at the 23rd Psalm and you meditate on the words that uh, are written, this magnificent poem, it is helpful to remember that many of the things uh, that are mentioned here were a recounting of the psalmist of very important events in his life. Times when he had seen the hand of God in a particular way and when he considered God's hand, he uh, makes the many statements that we have looked at. And through our study, we have taken a journey. We have gone through valleys and hills and mountains and desert and we have been taken by green pastures and still waters We have found that place where our soul is restored. More than anything, we have heard the declarations of a man who who has found in his God all that he needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I like the way one child in Sunday school paraphrased it. When they were asked to quote the 23rd Psalm, the little girl stood up and said, The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. Amen. And the more that I read it, the more I find that that is the sentiment of my heart. The Lord is my shepherd. And that's all that I want. Because when He is leading me and He is directing my life and He is taking me through the different passages of life, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that all will be well in my life. That no matter what I go through and no matter what I experience, none of it has caught him by surprise and none of it has taken him back. God has an answer for every dilemma in my life. And here... This past week we looked at verse number 4 where he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It seems that we have come to a place in this psalm or in this passage of life where we have found the perfect setting where his rod and his staff are comforting us where God is with us even in the valley of the shadow of death and yet the very next verse introduces us to new troubles it would be convenient if in life God would remove all of our troubles and eliminate our enemies but God does not work that way he chooses Rather than eliminating our enemies, he chooses rather to make us overcomers. He does not remove our obstacles, nor does he take our enemies out of the way. But he enables us, he empowers us, he strengthens us to face 
them and to stand up to them and to overcome them. That means that he works in us instead of around us. God is working in us tonight. And so tonight we want to look at the closing statements of the writer. And he said in our scripture tonight that thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What stood out to me when I began to look at this portion of scripture for tonight was the word prepare. Something about that word that tells me that nothing in my life is left to chance. Nothing is left to fate. All of my steps are ordered of the Lord. And He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God has made a plan. He has devised a means. It is intentional. It is purposeful. It is with His hand upon my life and in my behalf that He has done these things and He has done them so that I will survive. Things that could have been my undoing, things that have been the the undoing of many people's lives are not allowed to do that. They are not allowed to be the undoing. They are what makes us more appreciative of the power and presence of God in our life. He talks about a table. Now he is not speaking of a literal table, a physical object. Rather he is referring to a location, a place. Most Bible scholars uh, believe he was speaking about the high mountain ranges known as the Mesa. It was there that sheep were led in the summertime to find the best grazing and the best nourishment. And it was here in this locale where they could find the very best food and they could find the best provision that they encountered their worst enemies. How true it is in life that in the place where we ought to be flourishing and in the place where we should find our greatest strength, we will also find our worst enemies. And somebody said, Amen. We will find our worst enemies. The location that he was talking about was a place in life where the soul would find itself and there were going to be things that he would have to deal with. In thinking about the statement, Thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemy, there are several things that come to mind. Number one, there were natural predators to sheep. There were the wolves and the lions and the bears and snakes and other animals that stalked these sheep. And so it was the responsibility of the shepherd to protect them from all harm. They were always in danger of being attacked. But they did not have to fear being attacked because the shepherd was with them. 
the shepherd knew all the tricks of the enemy. And so he made sure that their protection was his priority. It is so good to know tonight that my protection is God's priority. Hallelujah. That no matter what may come against me, that no matter what may try to assault me, that no matter what may try to devour me, my safety is his priority. Amen. And though we do have enemies that we face and we have very real foes that we must come to grips with, we are not afraid of them because the Lord is with us. Our safety is in His keeping. And our safety is His priority. But more than that, our safety is in our location. When they went to the high mountain mesa, it was important for the sheep to stay close to the shepherd. It was only the distant sheep, the wanderers, the rovers, the roamers that were in danger of being devoured by the wolves or the lions. The Lord wants our journey in life to be one that is peaceful and without danger. And my best aid in making sure that that happens is to stay as close to the Lord as I possibly can. It is in the distance that I choose to live from Him that spells the peril or the progress of my life. And I have the privilege, I have the, I have the opportunity to choose to walk close to Him or to walk at a distance. And any sheep that had any good sense knew that His protection was in staying close to His shepherd. It is still a wise thing when people desire to stay close to the shepherd. We do have enemies tonight. We have a devil that desires to destroy us. We have a flesh that desires to deceive us. And we have a world that seeks to distract us. But no matter what we encounter... No matter whether it's the devil or the world or our flesh, God has made it His priority that our keeping is His number one job. The Lord will keep that which we have committed unto Him. We will encounter trouble in life. And we will face situations that seem overwhelming. But my life, this is what is so Stirring to me tonight. My life is not in the control of fate. And it's not in the hands of chance or an enemy. But my life is in the care and the control of one who loves me. And one who watches over me. And one who cares for me. My life is not in the hands of an enemy that would want to destroy me. But my hand, my life is in the hands of one who loves me and has prepared for me everything that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Thank God that he watches for us. Not only were there natural enemies such as wolves and lions, 
But there were certain kind of plants that were deadly for them to eat. And it was the shepherd's responsibility to go ahead of them and to clear out the meadow. And oftentimes a shepherd would go into a meadow and they would pull up these plants that were poisonous to the sheep and they would lay them on the rocks round about where they would be eating so that literally the psalmist words would be true that they would eat in the presence of their enemy. You know, it's good to know that there is such protection in God that even when the enemy would want to come in, he cannot because God has stayed his hand. Hallelujah. I I don't ascribe. I don't ascribe to the life that some people do that every time you turn around, the devil gets to take advantage of you. That's not the shepherd that I know of. The Bible tells me that he's going to set a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And he's going to allow me to eat. And he's going to take care of me and not allow the enemy to do one thing against me. Amen. Makes me want to do what I did when I was a kid. Praise God. Praise God. Can you imagine what it must have been like? There are the enemies. There are, there's the wolf and there's the lions. The, the drooling, looking down in that valley at those nice, luscious sheep. But knowing that there's nothing that they can do because there's a shepherd. One, one writer that I read said that at night they would bring their sheep into enclosed areas that they had prepared for them. And that the shepherd was the door of the sheepfold. That the shepherd, after he had brought them all in and counted them, he brought them into a place that was walled so that the predator could not come over. He would then lay himself down in the opening of that enclosure and there's where he would sleep the night through so that the sheep would not have to worry about an enemy coming through those gates. You know what? I have a God tonight who cares enough about me that he he knows what the enemy has planned. But he said, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to let him have his way. And I'm going to do my best to remove from you and from your life those things that can harm you. Amen. Praise God. There was also a desert, a desert hospitality that was, that was referred to here by this passage. It was so in that time. That if a person was pursued by an enemy and you were running for your life and you, you ran upon a tent in the desert, that when you touched the tent post, it became the responsibility of the owner of that tent to protect you. And so it was the custom that if a man were running for whatever reason, if he was running for his life, and he came to your tent and he laid his hand upon the tent rope and he asked for permission to come in. That you out of hospitality would invite him in and you would sit him down at a table and you would prepare a meal for him. And while he's eating that meal, he would go stand at the door to prevent the aggressor from coming into the tent. And all that the aggressor could do would be to look 
over the owner's shoulder and see what he wanted to get at, but no, he couldn't get at it. How many times has God allowed me in my desperate condition to come running to his tent? And when I've laid hand on that tent, the Lord said, come on in, child. I've got a table prepared for you. I've got things ready. I'm going to make sure that you can eat in peace. And while I am enjoying what he has prepared, he is keeping my enemy at bay. No wonder the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. There are times in life when we all find ourselves on the run. And it's good to know that there's somewhere you can run to and be safe. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. He talks about hiding them in the cleft of the rock. He talks about being the shadow that comes into their life to overshadow them. They hide themselves in the shadow of the Almighty. Oh, my friend, tonight, it is wonderful knowledge. It is wonderful experience to know that you can come into a place and you can be provided for without your enemy undoing your life. Amen. Amen. What was meant to be my undoing and my destruction is frustrated. He doesn't allow my enemy to have his way. He literally blocks that from happening. He keeps that from coming to pass. How many times had the devil planned our demise and God just stepped in and blocked it? Amen. How many times have we ran for our lives to him and found in him everything that we need to survive? Amen. What a table he has prepared for us. Amen. He has prepared a table. In the New Testament, we call it the Lord's table. What a cost it was for him to prepare that table. It cost him his life. But now he invites all of us to come and partake of that table. And when we come and partake of that table, his provision, his protection, there is a covering for my sin. There is a cleansing for my unworthiness. Thank God for one who watches over me. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. And he not only does that, but he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to know? That's why I love coming to church. I feel like this is one of those prepared places where I can come and all the enemy can do is just drool. All he can do is just look with eyes, but he cannot fulfill his desire. Amen. God has prepared a place for me. And then he said, Thou anointest my head with oil. David describes God's ministry to him, and he likens it to what a shepherd does for their sheep during seasons of harassment and trouble. Seasons changed, and with season came its own set of problems. And one of the problems of summertime were flies. Flies were a pest that would harass and trouble them. They would come by the hordes. They would come out of every nook and cranny, all kind 
of insects and parasites would begin to come against the sheep. They would attack the animals and turn a golden summer into a time of torture and trouble. And especially troubling was a particular fly that would lay its larva or its egg in the nasal passages and then it would hatch and it would crawl up into the membrane of the, uh, of the sheep and it would literally embed itself and it would begin to drive that sheep crazy. They would beat their head against the rock. They would run into the woods. They would act out of character, rubbing their head in the ground, trying to relieve the frustration and the annoyance of those pests. And the only antidote, the only remedy to such trouble was the anointing that the shepherd laid upon them. Amen. It was not fatal but oftentimes it caused fatality because of what they did to themselves. The very presence of the flies, one writer said, would cause panic to go through the entire herd of sheep and they would run frantically from one place to another. Many times it is said that they would throw their head up and down in the air all day long until they would literally collapse from exhaustion. They would quit eating, they would lose weight, they would lose condition, and they would injure themselves in their own panic. And the shepherd's remedy for those times when they were harassed and troubled was to put together a mixture of oil and pitch and sulfur. And he would literally anoint the head of that sheep. And that anointing became their protection. Once it was applied, once that anointing came... Once that oil was applied to their head, gone was the agitation, gone was the aggravation, gone was the frenzy, gone was the irritability, gone was the restlessness. Oh, my friend, tonight, does anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about that anointing that when it comes upon our lives, no matter what has been irritating us, no matter what has been troubling us, no matter what has been frustrating us, no matter what has been aggravating us, when we come under the influence of that anointing, when we come under the touch of His hand, all of that annoyance begins to dissipate and we find that peace that passeth all understanding. That anointing, that oil was for the irritation of life. I believe that's why God gives us His Spirit. Amen. For the irritations of life. For the annoyances of life. For the aggravations of life. For the frantical fears that come to our hearts from time to time. It was the small, petty annoyances that ruined the sheep's peace. And so it is in our life. It's not the big thing that causes us to lose sleep. It's the little thing, the distraction, 
that become burning issues that drive us out of our mind. There are times when the tiniest things can send us over the edge. It's a small thing in life that drives us to distraction. But God said, I have a remedy. If you'll just come and let me anoint you. If you'll just come into my presence and allow my presence to touch your life. If you'll just come into my presence and allow me to anoint your life. I have a remedy for those distractions and those annoyances. And I have a remedy for those things that are pestering you right now. Hallelujah. You have anything bugging you tonight? Amen. You have anybody bugging you right now? You know what the remedy is? The remedy is to get into the presence of the Lord. And allow His Spirit to begin to flow over your life. And there's something about being in the presence of the Lord that, that, that dissipates all of that agitation. They tell me that when that shepherd would anoint those sheep and he would rub that oil all over their head, that they would calm down and they would go back to eating and they would go back to doing the things that they normally would do without fear or agitation. And it didn't matter how many flies were swarming their head. It didn't matter how many bugs were in the neighborhood. They would go back and do what they were normally used to doing because now those things had no control over them. Friend, don't you ever discount the power that's in the presence of God. Don't you ever forget how wonderful it is to be able to come into the presence of God and just allow your spirit to be absorbed and saturated with the power of His presence. It's a washing and a cleansing and it's an anointing that will, it, it will break the harassment. It will break the hold that those things have over your life. Amen. The Bible said in Isaiah that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Many times the yoke that is upon us is just the irritation of life. And when we come to that place where we can allow ourselves, when we can expose ourselves to the presence of God and we can begin to worship and love Him all at once, all of those things that irritated, all those things that aggravated, all those things that were troubling us. There's healing for the harassed mind. There's healing for the troubled thoughts. Isn't it interesting that the hardest part of the sheep to take care of was its head. The hardest thing for the shepherd to deal with was a sheep's head. They tell me that there were times when certain diseases came in that they would have to dip them. They would take them into these large vats and they would dip them. But they said, one writer said, they had to repeatedly dip their head in order to get over them and to, to effectuate such a, a remedy for what was, what was affecting them. 
And it's true in life. It, it's our head that causes us the most trouble. That's what the devil attacks. That's what our flesh attacks. It's our mind. It's our thinking. It's our thought. It's the way we go about living. That's where the devil comes. That's where the real battleground of the soul is. And that's what God has a remedy for. He said, my presence is your answer. My joy, my peace, my long-suffering, my patience is all found in that anointing. Hallelujah. 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 And one time was not enough either. One time was not enough. One time would not take care of an entire summer of bugs. You had to do it continually. Continually. A fresh application that was effective. A fresh application that would work. No wonder the, the psalmist David later said in Psalms that he needed to be anointed with fresh oil. Every day brings its own set of problems and I need a fresh anointing for today. There are too many people who believe that all it takes is one time and that's enough. I've learned in my life that I've got to have it over and over and over and over and over again. The frustrations of daily life, just the frustrations of daily living, the continual pressures that are on us call for a continual anointing for our troubled minds. Thank God there's a remedy. Amen. There's a remedy. When people, uh, yeah, when people or events or situations begin to bug us, we can come. We can come to Him. He has a remedy. Amen. Anything bugging you right now? Outside forces that are, that, that, that are just driving you to distraction. Things you, you just can't seem to push out of your way. You know, it's amazing. That when that oil of His presence, when that anointing, when we get into the presence of the Lord, when we yield ourselves to His touch, it's amazing what it does for us. It's amazing. It is in that place of anointing that joy is found and peace is found and contentment is found and love is found and patience is found and gentleness and goodness what a contrast what a contrast to the tempers and the frustrations and the aggravations and the irritableness which often mar people's lives amen i'm glad to know that there's a place where i can expose myself to his anointing Amen. And it will deal with my frustrations. Praise God. Praise God. He's got a covering. The most difficult part to deal with was the head. But he just plunged it repeatedly under the influence of that anointing. Oh God, we need that tonight. Amen. We need that tonight. The head is where the battle rages. And the head is where the anointing is needed. Daily bombarded by things that can cause us trouble. Things that we are exposed to that we can't get away from. But His anointing. Everybody say His anointing. His anointing will make all the difference in the world. It is interesting to note that not only was that anointing used for that particular problem of pests and bugs and annoyances. But they would anoint them during another season called the rut or mating season. During 
that particular season, there was a battle for supremacy. And they would actually begin to fight one another. They would collide in head-on collisions. It was a season of body contact. They knocked one another around. They pushed one another around. And the only thing that kept them from destroying one another is that they would grease the head of that sheep down so that when he hit something, he would glance off. You know what I've discovered about God? God does have a sense of humor, but sometimes there are seasons in church when we just are in the budding season. We just, there are times when a church goes through seasons where we just, we just knock each other all over the place. And you know, the only thing that saves us is the anointing of God's presence. It keeps us from destroying one another and destroying ourselves. Amen. It's good to know God has a remedy for everything. He's got a remedy for the pest out there and for the pest in here. Amen. That if I will allow him, if I will come under the influence of his presence, that I will never allow my stiff-necked pride or my self-serving attitude or my intolerance or my dogmatism, or my uncharitable spirit, I will not allow it to destroy. I come under that anointing, and that anointing helps us even when we are having problems with each other. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, folks, it's the only way a church can survive. Because as much as we try to prevent the enemy from without... Many times, the greatest enemy we battle is from within. Amen. We start marking off our territory. We start feeling prideful. We start trying to make a name for ourselves. And we start knocking one another. It's good to know God has a remedy. Amen. God knows how to calm all that down. There have been times that I thought, God, this church is going to self-explode. Only to come to service next next night and come into the presence of God and, and God's spirit come down in here and all of a sudden hearts are melted and, and, and people that weren't even talking to one another, next thing you know, you see them laying over each other's shoulder, crying and praying for each other. Amen. That's what we need, folks. We've got to have it. Amen. More than anything else, we've got to have that anointing, that anointing that helps us when we're having problems with things and we're having problems with one another, it dissipates the heat and the tension of the moment, and it helps us keep from killing one another. (laughs) Praise God. Oh, thank God for his anointing. Amen. Thank God for his anointing. Amen. It is in the flow of that anointing that that tension is dissipated. I've seen it over and over again. People come to church. They've got all kind of issues and all kind of agendas. I've come, into, I've come into this church sometimes when the tension has been so tight that you could have plucked it and heard E minor or E minor. You, 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 you could have cut it with a knife. And people start praying. People start reaching out to God. All of a sudden, the presence of God settles in this place. And the animosities, the jealousy, 
the rivalry, the tension, it just begins to flow out of us. Amen. We can't live without that, church. We cannot live without that. We've got to have it. We need it right now, tonight. Amen. We need it. It's amazing when you come into the presence of the Lord, no matter how tense, no matter how angry, no matter how ready to take revenge you are, when you get into His presence, there's something about His presence that soothes that tension and it calms those nerves. And before it's over with, instead of wanting to wring their neck, you're wanting to hug their neck. Some of you are not quite there yet, but I'm going to get you there. Amen. It's the anointing that makes the difference. He said, Thou anointest my head with oil. David thought of all the times that he was pestered in life, the distraction that tried to drive him out of his mind. And somehow the anointing of God, the touch of God would come on his life and would soothe. He thought about all the times when he had battles with his own people, his own flesh and blood, his own son Absalom rose up against him. Surely David must have had that in mind when he was leaving Jerusalem in shame because his son had usurped his authority and taken the throne. He is leaving in shame. And there's a man running along the ridge shouting taunts at him. And his, his, his friends are trying to destroy him. He said, no, you leave that to the hands of God. But walking out of that place with all of that tension in his life, he came under the touch of God and all of it melted away. Amen. Folks, we need that anointing tonight. I want you to reach up to the Lord right now and just ask him to give us a special season of anointing around here. Would you do that? God, we need a special season of anointing on this place. We, we, we need a season, Lord, where hearts and minds and spirits are melted. Lord, where tension, where tension is relieved, where aggravations and frustrations are, are dealt with, where they are brought under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thou anointest my head with oil. No wonder that the, the, the psalmist said, My cup runneth over. When you stop to consider that through all the seasons of life, through all kinds of weather and through all of the issues of life, no matter what comes, the Lord is there. When under His control, my life begins to exhibit attributes of peace and joy and long-suffering and generosity. When under His influence, I began to show long-suffering. When under His influence, I began to show love, unfavored love, mercy and grace. When we realize what happens to our lives, when He invades our space and anoints our lives and He saves us from distraction, He saves us from disturbances, He saves us even from destruction, when we begin to realize just what He has done for us, we say, my cup runneth over. Hallelujah. 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 If he is the one who has all knowledge and wisdom and understanding of my affairs 
And he manages my life so well, he can cope with any situation that I encounter. That knowledge makes my life overflow. I am blessed tonight, folks. I'm blessed. I want you to stand with me right now because you're blessed as well. Praise God. God has been so good to some of us. If God never did another thing for most of us, He's done more already than we will ever be able to thank Him for. Amen. If God were to stay His hand of mercy tonight, in another day of your life would not experience the mercy of God. You've already had enough days of mercy to thank Him for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. And he, he closes the psalm by saying this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy. God's footman. It's goodness that takes care of my steps. But it's his mercy that takes care of my stumbles. And he said, all the days of my life, I have this promise. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me. Amen. Goodness and mercy are going to pursue me. Goodness and mercy are going to be my footmen. They're God's ambassadors to my life. His goodness and His mercy. In olden times, footmen traveled with men to smooth out the way for them, to open the door for them, to make preparation for them. And God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some ambassadors for your life. I'm going to allow goodness and mercy to follow you everywhere you go. You know, the devil loves to live in our past. That's what troubles most of us is our past. What's behind us is what causes us the most stress. But God said, I'm going to give you a remedy even for that. I'm going to put something between you and your yesterday. I'm going to put something between you and your failures. I'm going to put something between you and your mistakes. It's my goodness and my mercy. And they're going to follow you all the days of your life. Thank God for his goodness and mercy. Again, I say with the psalmist David, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, I need your anointing on my life tonight. I need your anointing on my life. I need your spirit. I need to bring myself into that place right now, Lord, where that anointing can flow down over my because my mind is harassed tonight. My mind is troubled. I'm in conflict with somebody, Lord, and I don't want to be in conflict with somebody. I need you to do that work that you do best. I need you to calm my fears. I need you to bring peace to my soul. I need that anointing right now. Lord, I pray for every person in this building tonight. You know the things that we are dealing with. You know the issues. You know the troubles. You know the many pests of life. 
that are harassing and troubling and disturbing the peace of your people. You know what it is tonight, God, that's trying to come between us. Would you allow your goodness and mercy to intervene? Those things that sought to drive us away, our failures, our mistakes, our shortcomings. God, would you allow your goodness and mercy to intervene tonight? Would you allow your goodness and mercy to come between me and that enemy? Me and that mistake, me and that failure, me in that shortcoming. Would you allow your goodness and mercy to come between me and my past? Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. And go with me every step of the way. Hallelujah. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you more than I've ever needed you in my life. I need you right now. I need you right now. Somebody lift up your hands to him right now and just begin to praise him. Come on, let's, let's just begin to praise him. Let's enter into his gates. Let's enter into his presence. Lord, I need your touch upon my life. I need your touch upon my life. I need your anointing. Hallelujah.